Awesomes. Welcome back to Sorta Awesome. I'm your host, Meg Teets, and I am so genuinely just tickled, just delighted to welcome back to Sorta Awesome my dear friend, my longtime friend, Jen Hoffman. Jen, our friendship goes back, precedes the Sorta Awesome days for mm-hmm. sure. Yep. Back to the bloggy I believe days. I only <laughs> had one child when... We first oh became my friends. Gosh. Isn't and now that I have crazy? three, and the youngest is seven. So I know time goes so fast. So Jen has been on Sort of Awesome before. We will link in the show notes if you guys want to go back and listen to some of her past appearances. But Jen, you know that when it comes to Sort of Awesome, that I generally reach out to you when I've got a question about, like, hey, I, I have this feeling like I feel like there's a thing in the force right now that we need to be a little bit more connected with our minds and our bodies. And so there's only one person who comes to mind oh. for me uh, when it comes to that. And that's you, my friend. Thank you so much. That means more to me than I could ever say. Thank you so much for that. I love, absolutely love anytime we're talking about anything. So it is my pleasure to be here always. So you have come on this show before and talked about various things that that will help us to kind of get connected to um, just to really increase that mind-body connection. We're going to be talking today about somatics, which I noticed kind of like at the start of the year, it seems like everywhere I'm looking, especially like on social media, on TikTok, on Instagram, even newsletter headlines that are landing in my email inbox. It's like everything, everybody's talking about somatics. And I was like, Jen, what do we mean when we talk about this? So that's what we're talking about today. But just give the people a reminder of how long you have been teaching, coaching, working with people in terms of your business, healthy moving, but then just like what this has been the, this has been like the the heart and soul of your career, right? It really has. I mean, I spent eight years overlapping doing, my husband and I had a yoga studio at the same time that we worked at PricewaterhouseCoopers as tax people. But I don't think of myself <laughs> as a tax people. <laughs> yeah, that, that was yes. the beginning part of my career, or 10 years doing that. But now I, but even during that time. So it has been, in 2022, I celebrated 20 years. So I'm at 21 years. Wow. Of yes. teaching this work. And it's so funny yeah. because, you know, when you start out in a career, you look at the people who've been doing it for a few decades and that feels like forever ago. But I swear I blinked and now here we are 20 years, two, two decades. decades later. Yep. Yes. Oh, we are so lucky. And you guys, we are in for a treat today. Jen is going to talk to us about somatics, what it is, what, what what do we mean when we hear this, when we say this, and give us some really practical things as well. And we thought it might be interesting, too, to kind of talk about the more, we're talking about mind and body, but also bring in the spiritual connection and how all of this um, can work together. We have so much good stuff uh, for all of you awesomes coming up today on Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, Awesomes, to the show that loves to support you in becoming smart, strong, and social. If you have been looking for amazing women to connect with and a community that's going to support you no matter what age or stage of life you are in, I am really happy to tell you that you've come to the right place because... Sorta Awesome is not just a podcast. It is also your community on the go. You know, we would love to have you connect with us outside of your podcast app. Come and find us in one of our communities on social media. We are doing so many fun things. We have so much going on on Instagram right now. You can com- come and find us at Sorta Awesome Show over on Instagram or on Facebook in the Sorta Awesome Hangout group. We say it all the time, but truly, the sort of awesome hangout is the heart and soul of the awesome community. Jen, I love it when we have people who are coming into the the sort of awesome hangout on Facebook. One of our questions for membership is just, "How did you hear about the sort of awesome hangout?" I love when I have awesomes come in who are like, "Listen, I've been listening to the show for years, but you finally talked me into it. I got to come check out what the hangout is about." <laughs> they have been missing out for years. They have been missing. <laughs> out to the wisest, most compassionate, wonderful community they could possibly tap. It's so fantastic. 
It really is. And we are coming up on, well, this month is eight years of making Sorta Awesome. May is eight years. We started about a month later back in 2015 with the Hangout Group. Eight years, Jen. Congratulations. (laughs) That's amazing. And I remember when you first messaged me about the fact that you were doing this. That was last week, it feels like. (laughs) (laughs) It does feel like it was last week. Congratulations on eight amazing, awesome years. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It truly has been a blink and it has been pure joy. So truly, Jen's right. You've been missing out if you're not in the Hangout group. I know some people have the Facebook aversion. I understand it. It's it's what we have to work with right now. And so we would love to have you come and join us there. You can just search Sword Awesome Hangout on Facebook and you will find us over there. Jen, before we get into the really the heart of our conversation today, talking about our bodies and somatic movement and all of these different ways the word somatics is used right now. Let's first go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. If you are new to Sort of Awesome, you may not know that Awesome of the Week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever it is that's making life a little bit more awesome right now, whether it's a book or a TV show, um, movies, music, products, whatever's bringing that gold sparkle to our days. Jen, what do you have for us this week? I have a, I guess you could call it a commitment that my family has made to bring to you as an awesome of the week because it's working out even better than I had hoped. And I just feel like I have to share it. I have seen recently, and by recently, I mean like in the last year, a lot of parents um, who I follow on social media taking solo parent child, one parent, one of their kids trips. And I've had a lot of FOMO as I've looked at those because it seems really nice, but it's not something that's practical for our family right now for a variety of reasons. And also in conjunction with that, each of my kids, I I don't, I think it's probably true of most kids. They really thrive with the one-on-one time with the parents, like one parent, one Mm. child. And figuring out when we have three kids, Figuring out how to make that happen has just been something that we have at some seasons of our life been better at and at other seasons been just absolutely terrible at. And about three months ago, um, I remember exactly where I was. Like I had pulled into the gas station and called my husband because the idea dropped into my head. And then he and I like worked it out and fine tuned the idea over the phone. But what we are doing is we have set aside, and this is a commitment, but and it's working for us now. I'm not under any illusion that this is going to be like all through their teen years or anything like that. But we have set aside Saturday night as the parent-child date night. And we have worked out a six-week rotation. It's six weeks because it's one parent and one kid. And so it goes like my husband and my daughter, then me and my oldest son, then my husband and my youngest. And then we flip that for the next six weeks. And I cannot believe how I mean we've been doing we're almost done with our second six week round so we it's been 11 weeks or 10 or 11 weeks that we've been doing this and now I will say we eat family dinner together on the night that we do this so it's not a uh, we aren't outlaying any cash to do this I do have to admit though that because my husband is a cast member at Walt Disney World and we have passes we are going to Disney for most of the nights and I fully accept that that's a huge privilege and benefit of his job there aren't all wonderful perk of Disney yes. jobs, but that is one of them. <laughs> That's one that will count. Um, but I think anyone could make this work with, it doesn't have to be that it's a cash outlay. And I think that's something that kind of blocks us oftentimes. It could be, you know, you go for a walk together, you window shop at Target, you know, it could be whatever speaks to your child. But the conversations we're having on these times, the memories we're making, and then something that's a side benefit that I didn't even think about is that the kids who are at home, the dynamic of having one of the kids oh, yes. out, it shifts everything. Mm. And they're even it does. like, they, the predictability of it that they know Saturday night, they know every three weeks they'll get one of their turns. Like it, the, just the structure we put around it is serving us in untold ways. And I'm so grateful for it. I feel like it's magical and I don't know how long it's going to last, but I'm so, so incredibly thankful for it. One-on-one time, even if it's just 20 minutes and having structure around it, that's my kind of 
awesome nudge to make to people to think about how that might work. It doesn't have to even be every week. It could be that you decide once a month is what works for your family. But just to try to think through that, it has benefits I didn't even know it would have. That is so magical and truly such a simple way to get that one-on-one time in. Last night, uh, Daisy had a performance and it was like a, a dinner and live music orchestra performance. And I had gotten two tickets and it didn't work out that Kyle was going to be able to go. And so I just asked the kids, anyone want to be my dinner date for the night? And JK, one of our twins was like, I'll go, I'll go. And I was like thinking last night as he and I were there and eating dinner together and just talking like how rare it is for us to just spend those one one-on-one moments together with five kids. You can imagine it's hard to get that time in. But I love the idea of like organizing it in a way that is predictable for you. It's predictable for your husband, for the kids. And it's really intentional to get that one-on-one time in. Yes. And it doesn't have to be. I just want to emphasize it doesn't have to be every week. It could be whatever works for your family. It could even be that you just go into a different room in your house and play a board game with them or whatever it is. But some kind of intentionality toward that one-on-one time and that predictability of it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So amazing. Love it. So, so sweet. So good. Thank you for that idea, Jen. Tell me your awesome of the week. Okay. Well, Jen, I switched things up on you last minute. I told you that I was going to do one lip product, but I changed my mind. I'm going to do a different lip product. Okay. (laughs) You know, you and I have some history conversations about lip products. You are my go-to guru for this. You pushed me and nudged me. So I want to hear it. What do you have? Yes. Okay. Well, first of all, I love that Jen is like, I brought this really beautiful and meaningful intentional parenting practice. And I'm like, well, we need to talk about lips is what we need to talk about. We need both. (laughs) We do need both. We do need both. Okay. I was going to tell you guys my new favorite red lipstick, which I am going to in the future. But I was like, no, we got to build the foundation. I need for everybody to understand the key to wearing a great red lip or a bold lip is before you even put the lip color on your lip, you need to have your lips in good shape. The more healthy your lips are, the better experience you're going to have with whatever lip you're trying to pull off. Laura Tremaine was just on the show talking about her favorite bold lip of the moment. I'm wearing a red that I just discovered that I'm obsessed with. But truly, Jen, the most important thing you can do before you even pick a bold lip to wear or any kind of new lip product, because I hear from people all the time that, you know, I I, I get on a thing where I'm talking about lipstick and my hyper fixation passion for lipstick, a great lip, but my lips are like so dry. My lips are so flaky. I feel like I just, I put lipstick on and then it's flaking, it's wearing off. All of these things are having a really bad experience just with wearing lipstick in general. Mm -hmm. And so I have found a fantastic product for moisturizing your lips, especially coming out of winter. If you live in a cold or dry climate coming out of winter, you guys are going to love. So this is from Fenty Skin. Fenty, of course, being Rihanna's makeup line, they've expanded into skincare products. This is the Fenty Skin um, Plush Puddin. (laughs) I like the name. Plush Puddin. Yes, it's their Intensive Recovery Lip Mask. And it's got things like pomegranate and vitamin E and some other ingredients to really give you a fantastic moisturizing experience when it comes to this lip. Now, this is like $22 for this little container, $22. So it seems pricey on the front end. However, it's absolutely one of those products where you just need a teeny tiny amount of it. A little goes a long way. Put this on before bedtime. It is an overnight lip mask. It's not something you want to wear. Try to wear under your lipstick during the day. That's going to be a bad experience too. Okay. I'm so (laughs) glad you clarified. Yes. Some of us need those specific instructions. Me. (laughs) This is going to be your nighttime lip treatment. So you finish your nighttime skin routine, whatever it is, whether it's just washing your face with you know, CeraVe, whatever you have in your in your uh, skincare thing, if you do a whole 10 steps, whatever your routine is, the last thing you should do before you go to bed, put on a little bit of your lip treatment. Again, this Fenty Skin is like, it's, it's fantastic. It's 
it's a no brainer. Like you don't even, there's nothing complicated about it. Just put a little on your lips in the morning. You're going to wake up and your lips are going to feel so moisturized, so plump, so just like ready for whatever lip product you want to wear that day, whether it is a lipstick or a gloss, a matte lipstick, whatever, you're going to be ready to go. So I have a question to take to the experts. I have been once a week doing the exfoliator that you previously recommended on a past episode. This is though Mm -hmm. an every, I only do that once a week. Is that right? I shouldn't do exfoliating every night. It depends. Some people, it just totally depends on your lip texture and what kind of issues you have going on with your lips. If you do it once a week and your lips feel pretty healthy, then that would be good to do. I mean, maybe they're not, but who knows? (laughs) They don't feel like a big issue for me. Okay, then but I think this product though isn't every night. Like you recommend it yes. every night. Okay, I personally do. Yes, okay. because again, if you think about, you know, our we do all of these things to kind of pamper and take care of our skin, but our our lips need that nightly treatment too. Mm-hmm. And again, the point being that in the morning after you wash your face and you're putting your makeup on, you're getting ready for the day. Your lips are just going to be in such great condition that whatever product you're using. Or even if you're just throwing on some Burt's Bees lip balm and walking out the door, your lips are going to feel so great from the product that you used the night before. I so, love that. Yeah, it's been it's been such a fun discovery. So again, this is the uh, Fenty Skin Plush Puddin' Intensive Recovery Lip Mask. You can get it at Sephora or on Fenty's website. I will put links in the show notes for everybody who wants to go check it out. <laughs> All right. Well, those are our awesomes of the week this week. We always love to hear what's awesome in your lives. And so again, come and find us in one of our social media communities over on Instagram or in Facebook, where we talk about awesome of the week every single Friday. And I'm telling you, I've learned so many great things. I found so many great discoveries from the awesomes. There's there's no end to how much awesome you guys bring to my life as well. So, all right. When we come back, Jen is going to give us um, a little like sort of mini course, <laughs> a mini seminar <laughs> about somatics and what we mean when we, when we talk about that, when we hear that phrase, we have so much to get into. I can't wait to do that when we come right back. Hey, awesomes. Support for today's episode comes from Honeylove. And oh my goodness, just in time because Honeylove is getting all the rave reviews for best wedding day shapewear. You guys, with wedding season upon us, special event season upon us, Honeylove has everything you've been looking for, whether you're a bride, a guest, or if you're just looking for everyday fit. Honeylove is your go-to for all things shapewear. Honeylove has revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. I promise you, you are going to immediately feel and see the difference. And we have a great offer just for the awesomes. Get 20% off of your entire order with code awesome at honeylove.com. You can support Sorta Awesome and check them out at honeylove.com and use the code awesome. Now, speaking of special events, a few years ago, I was a featured speaker at a live event with a live audience. I wanted to look my best. So of course I was wearing shapewear. Unfortunately for me, it was not Honey Love shapewear. It was the kind that absolutely squeezes you. That's probably a big reason why I am absolutely in love with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short has targeted compression technology that somehow magically, amazingly knows where you need more support in the areas where you need a little less compression. They've got that signature X that targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. And it's designed to work with your body, not against it. So whether you're headed to a wedding, a special event, or just need an everyday boost of confidence, Honey Love is the perfect plus one. So awesomes, treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com with code awesome. Again, use code awesome at honeylove.com. Okay, we are back and I'm talking to my dear friend, Jen Hoffman. Many of you know her from her uh, work with Healthy Moving, um, which we've talked about a number of times here on Sorta Awesome. She's also an active member of the awesome community. Jen, I did reach out to you with this conversation idea because Like I said at the top of the show, it feels like everywhere I turn right now, it almost feels like this idea of somatics is like trending. Like this is the buzzword for 2023. I'm fully expecting to see a somatic pizza party 
event happening. Like it's <laughs> it's being attached to everything, everything right now. That is so fascinating. And I'm sure that that makes you feel some kind of way as somebody who is, you know, works in this realm. So what do me, what do we even mean when we are saying the word somatic? Like give us kind of a broad definition, um, in terms of like it for somebody who's brand new to that word. What are we talking about? So the idea of somatics has been around for a long time, like since the 1970s, I believe is when the word was first used, this idea of somatic. And it really means at its root that it's connected to the body, something that's in the body or about the physical experience that's happening in your body. I will just caveat that before we go any further, you and I are going to get clear about what we're talking about. But because it's a buzzword, um, it's in some cases taking on a life of its own or being used in a way that maybe doesn't mean everything that we're saying. So we're going to give you a framework of kind of, if you're interested in this, these are the things you should be looking for and what you should be asking um, to verify that when someone else is saying somatics, that's actually what they mean. So this idea, and it's the primary places where I think it's most relevant, um, you know, Somatic pizza parties, I'm not sure what exactly that would mean. But in the realm of either therapy, um, like with a, a therapist, a psychologist, in that in that psychotherapy realm, it and in movement practices. And the reason okay. I would say it falls into either of those is that while it is about what's happening with the body, it's somatic movement or somatic therapy is about really using what's happening in the body or cultivating an awareness of what's happening in the body to impact the mind-body connection. So both the mind and the body. And Mm -hmm. therapy that would be somatic is therapy that goes beyond just talk to using things with the physical body. So like EMDR, where you're doing eye movement stuff, tapping. Um, There's all kinds of therapists now who are doing wonderful mind-body practices as part of their therapy. And I think I've heard you talk about The Body Keeps the Score on Sorta Awesome. Mm -hmm. Have you talked about that book? Yes. We have, yes. It's really tapping into this idea that um, what's happening in the mind impacts the body and what's happening in the body impacts the mind and that that connection um, needs more tending than yeah. and nurturing than we have been given skills to do. So it's really okay, so, about that. So speaking of skills, then you may go to, if you're seeing um, a counselor or a therapist, you may go in for a session and they may bring up this idea of, and they may teach you some kind of a, um, a practice that, or they may do, they may have a particular approach to therapy that involves Mm -hmm. some of this. And so that's kind of what it might look like, like you said, in the psychotherapy realm, let's try making this connection between what you're experiencing, like maybe on a mental health level, let's bring it into the realm of how we can approach this, not just from the traditional, maybe like talk therapy, but also bring the body in on the conversation as well. Absolutely. And I would say that even in the movement world, what's often being centered in that conversation, and I think it's worth centering, but I think it's missing some of the biggest benefits. We can talk about that. But what's often being centered is that there can be physical, there can be a connection, a connection between your physical pain. So like back pain, hip pain, like the physical pain could be related to your mental and emotional experience. And that's often what's centered. What I think can be emphasized. And honestly, why I think that somatics might be having a moment right now is that, um, well, I think social media helps to get this out. There's something even more powerful than just using this for pain. And that is that Mm. there's something about the mind-body connection that a whole bunch of stuff has impacted us not having a strong mind-body connection, us being worried about how we look exclusively, like really focusing on external stuff. So much that's been taught to us about our bodies and whether they can be trusted, like all this stuff has really 
severed and how much external input we have coming at us has really severed our ability to be embodied and in our Mm -hmm. bodies and feel what's happening in our bodies that some little tastes of this have been gaining some traction and people are like, oh, this is actually pretty powerful. And to me, that's the biggest benefit of working and doing somatic work. I feel like I should say a little bit that not all movement is somatic movement because somatic movement to me, and again, this is my definition. Somebody might use somatic, the term somatic and not mean this, but when you're, when you're calling movement somatic, to me, what that means is you need to be focused on the internal experience of the movement prioritized over the external appearance of the movement. Does that make sense? Wow. Yeah. So instead of saying it has to look like this when you do a down dog, When I am focusing and trying to help people with somatics, then I am saying, so can you feel your hamstrings when you turn your pelvis this way? Can you feel your core when you move your, can you feel your shoulders when you do that? Like that I'm trying to point people inward to the sensation Mm. instead of external to the appearance. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes so much sense. And as you're talking about that, I'm remembering back years ago when my twins, who are now 10, were babies, and I had a pretty traumatic birth experience with them and had a lot of inward things happening that we sat down I, like over Zoom or mm-hmm. Skype or whatever we, whatever oh, it was we used Skype. 10 years That's ago. Right. Yeah, so probably it was ago. Skype. <laughs> And you helped talk me through just some movements that you couldn't, like, I I can't remember exactly what your approach was, but if someone were looking at me, they wouldn't even know, like, I was doing any work outwardly. It was an internal, like, like reconnecting with my core, my abdomen, and and a lot of emotion came to the surface with that of how disconnected I had been um, from that. And so I'm I'm totally thinking of that as you're saying that when it comes to somatics, what we're that is kind of more in line with what we're talking about. That it's the maybe more of the inner experience. Is that kind of a way we could say it as well? It is, and it's really countercultural to so much of what's taught to us about the purpose of exercise. Right? Yes. <laughs> the purpose of exercise is to mold your body into something that is mm. aesthetically pleasing to whoever has decided what is. aesthetically pleasing and and something is lost something really important and to me the biggest benefit is lost when we are focused on the external and I know I hear it from my students all the time that they are constantly like if we're we've been in my program focusing a lot on strength lately for the last six months because of this kind of like how you use the word strong with your community that it's far beyond just our muscles, but that what does it mean to feel strength coming from the inside out instead of just, I want my arms to be strong so that they look this particular way. And Mm. that when that's our focus, it severs exactly what we're trying to talk about here. It severs, it's Mm. you trying to make your body be something rather than you trying to hear what your body is. And it is in the hearing what it is that real power comes. And I believe people are starting to feel that. I Like all the people on social who are really centering, having different conversations about body image and all of that, like it just, it flows in line to me when I think about the wonderful movement that's happening around body image and body positivity, somatics is like just a a tool to help. So many women tell me like, I want to love my body right now, but I can't. And the way to stop, and the reason they can't is because they're looking at their body, comparing their external body to what they believe it should be. Even if they want to reject that image, it's still in there. The way around that is to feel what your body is. And Mm. that encounter with what it is has the power to change how you see it. 
externally and internally. And so I think it's part of that movement. And for that reason, I'm thrilled. Like, I just, I want nothing more than for women to be able to connect with their bodies. I, I just want to know what happens in the world when more women feel that. I just want people to know exactly what it should be so that they don't think, well, somatics, I didn't feel it because the word was co-opted and not with not the right intention or training by whoever was offering it for how to get there. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. And I do think that you brought up such a key part of why this concept is trending right now, because we have, we're coming off of, I can think back you know, we were just talking about Sort of Awesome being eight years old. I mean, I feel like it's been within the time that we've been making Sort of Awesome that these concepts of body acceptance, body positivity, body love, all of these things have really come to the surface. And it's so great. And yet it also leaves so many of us wondering like, okay, I want to get there, but like, how? Because how? look, yes. I, you know, my body looks so different now than it than it used to. And I want to go back to what it used to look like, or it's never looked like this. And I've always wanted to look like this. And like, how do I love this body that I'm in right now is a question that a lot of people are asking. And again, like you pointed out earlier, traditional, conventional approaches to exercise don't really give us those tools either. Because so much of the conventional approach to exercise is to change your body, not to come into a place of being in your body right now. And that's even true with a lot of yoga. Like, if If you research somatics, people will say, well, yoga is a somatic practice, but not necessarily in the West. Like, some mm. we've we've like I'm not speaking fully for Eastern either it might be happening there as well but so much of what's happened with yoga in the West is just about molding your body into some image of something and it's really about yeah. this external shape or external I think of all the celebrities who are like you know everyone looks at the celebrity and says I want and they go oh yoga Pilates you know they emphasize yes. those things but it's all for the external purpose. And when I am judging your experience in a pose by how it looks on the outside, I am severing your ability to have a somatic experience. Mm, There's no, there's no way to do that. I have to teach you and it's harder. It takes more time on my part as the teacher. And, and you have to be willing, especially if you've been as we are conditioned to be really good at not feeling what's happening in your body. Mm. It it will take time to cultivate the pathways in, but I can think of no better investment in your time and energy that has the power to not just shift your health and wellness, it does have that power, but it has an ability to help you in every area of your life, remember what matters most to you and find the next right steps to living that out. And I just, I want to be in a world where women have that power Mm. and I'm willing to invest in the confusion that we have at the beginning and the, the, like, I don't understand. I'm not sure if I'm getting it. Just keep going. There are forces in our culture that try to prevent us from being able to feel and hear that and try to tell us what we should be looking like. And I want to try to quiet those and push up against that. Mm. Well, I think this is a good point to just stop, take a breath, let all of that sink in as you're listening, maybe you want to hit that rewind button and go back. I'm sitting here like, I want to go back and listen to this again and again, because this is so good. Um, Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, Jen's going to talk about a little bit more what this looks like on a practical level. And like I said, we kind of want to explore even how this brings spirituality into our experience of ourselves as human beings. So we're going to get to all of that when we come right back. Okay, we're back. And Jen, truly, just I'm just getting chill bumps over and over again as you're talking about all of this. And we are diving so much deeper into this than I even thought when I first reached out to say, hey, what's the deal with somatics being everywhere right now? Like, we are uncovering so much great stuff. One thing that I would love to hear you talk about, and you and I had even kind of 
talked about this earlier in the year on Foxer, that one of the things that you're kind of exploring with your students is this, how, do, how does all of this stuff with connecting our minds and our bodies, how does this even play into our experience of life in a spiritual way? So I just kind of want to like open the floor for you to bring in that aspect of, of our experience as well. I, I love this because to me, it's like mind, body, spirit. We treat them as three separate things, except for they're not three separate things. They're all part of who we are. And I care a lot about making what I talk about as far as this spiritual aspect of this work accessible to anybody, regardless of their faith tradition. So Mm -hmm. I just want to say from the get go that you need to really, um, Believe only three things for everything I'm about to say (laughs) to make sense. You need to believe that, or it's helpful if you believe that Mm. there's something bigger than you, that Mm. there's something that's bigger than you, however you define that, and that there's a story being written that you are not the author of, but you have a role to play in. You're a character. Yeah. You're not the author. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. you have you have stuff. Like you you need to show up for this story. And mm. then I find it's helpful to believe, at least for me, to get out of bed every morning if I believe the story has a happy ending. Mm. So there's something yeah. bigger than me. There's a story being written. I'm not the author of it, but I have a role to play in it. And the story has a happy ending. If you can relate to those three things, then I think this next part of our conversation will be applicable to you. So when it comes to the body and the way I think our body connects to this mind and spiritual experience is that I believe that part of our spirituality is that we all have inherent worth. There's nothing you can do to be more worthy and nothing you can Mm. do to be less worthy. You are just inherently worthy. And yet we have a million opportunities every day to forget that worth. And Mm. I personally, I'm not saying that other people can't, but I personally have never been able to think my way into remembering that worth. It doesn't Mm. happen through my brain. My brain does the opposite. And so where I remember that inherent worth, which to me is like the foundation of spirituality. If I can't remember that inherent worth, I can't connect to that bigger, bigger than me thing. And so I find that remembering, I tell my students that every single time they show up for a self-care practice, it should be an opportunity for them to remember their worth. I can't promise that your neck pain will be gone at the end of every time. I can't promise that you'll you'll be stronger. What I can promise is that every single time you show up for self-care, where you're centering the somatic experience, you should remember you're worthy. You're inherently worthy. And mm. then the second thing is that that whole part of, you know, we all have a role to play is that to me, you're kind of coding for your role, for you to know even what your role is, is all about your values. And that's another word that we could do an entire episode on. What do people mean by that? Um, I do values exploration work with my community every single week. I give them prompts to explore what their values are. When I say values, I mean the highest things that are the most important to you. And it's usually like one word things, not like big concepts, but just one word. So remembering what's most important helps you to know. And then the third thing is your next right steps. So Hmm. this idea... I really wish that my intuition and my body delivered me 20 step plans, you know, 10 year plans, but it just for sure. Wouldn't that be nice? It's a dripping (laughs) faucet far from a waterfall. It's like, all right, here's the next thing. Check back in with me after you finish that and I'll give you the next one. It's just one little step. And to me, My intuition, and everybody can use a different word for this, intuition, knowing, gut instincts, the Holy Spirit, God, whatever it is, but that this idea of how you balance all the things that are important to you with life and figure out what your next right steps are, again, I... So I feel so much more connected to my worth and connected to my values when I get those answers from my body. 
after a somatic experience than when I try to like rationalize. So this might happen if this and this might happen. Like the whole analyzing through it mentally is just really yucky. So to me, embodying- Wait, 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 wait. That is so huge. Like that is so huge to think about that- Because I know so many, I know myself and I know so many, I've heard so many of our awesomes talk about this, like, I want to trust my intuition. How do I hear it? Where Mm -hmm. do I find it? How do I know that I'm listening to my intuition? Where where do I go to find it? So many of us have been cut off from our intuition for a variety of both external and internal reasons, Mm -hmm. probably pretty early on in life that you do, you get to your midlife and you're like, what even, who am I listening to? How do I know it's my intuition? To think that a somatic practice or a series of that, what that focus, that bringing the, the mind and body back together can help us to know, like on an intuitive level, what the next right step is, how that aligns with our our view of ourselves in light of a bigger universe that's operating around us. Like, Jen, that's so huge. And it's really important because so much of our suffering, even though we can't name it, so much of our suffering is because we're disconnected from those values. And we don't even know, like we can tell something's wrong. I'm not okay. But we don't know because no one taught us to like get real clear about what it is that is most important to us. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me tell you just about one question that came in from a community member. She was like, I, there's an, I've been in my job for 13 years and I could keep going with it. It provides structure and, and, consistency and all of this, but there's this other job. And I have two values because I teach them every week to really figure out what their values are. She said, I value learning and growing, but I also value consistency and schedule. And so I don't know whether I should apply for this job because it's two values in opposition to each other. Do I Mm -hmm. pursue the, do I stay where I am? Cause that feels comfortable and safe. And that is like, I like structure. That's clearly something that's that I value, but also I know I'm not going to keep growing here. If I want to grow, I have to go over there. And this balance of like that figuring out why each of those things feels like a possible impulse that you might have is really Mm -hmm. important. And when we're not doing this work intentionally, what happens is that disconnection that we have from our values creates feelings, sadness, rage, resentment, all of those things. And then we react to the feelings. We live in reaction to the feelings that come from that disconnection. And we can't figure out how we never feel grounded or connect like that, that sense of spirituality for so many people I talk to, it always feels like longing. It never feels like Mm. connection because there's such lack of clarity. And that clarity to me in my experience, again, like I know I'm a person with a hammer and so I'm in a hammer, <laughs> but to me, <laughs> somatic experience is just a way that makes that knowing accessible to people that they, they have a sense, but they can't get there. And I want every woman to know her body has a pathway there. That's incredible. So I want to give you guys, I want to give everyone a chance to practice this. Can we, can we do it? Can we We can do it? Let me tell you exactly how I would do this. Okay. Okay. The question you said about how do I know if it's my intuition? How do I else? The, The problem we have is that if we haven't been communicating with our intuition and then we come at it like, Hey, haven't heard from you in a while. Am I supposed to have another kid or should I take this job? Should we move? Like we ask this big, huge question and we haven't been in communication. So instead we got to like dial back your, your connection with your intuition should be every day throughout the day. So what I'm going to do here is have you ask what in my community, I call this a next right step question. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. think about something that is a distinct question about one action. Like in the case of that woman who was applying for the job, I was like, the first question for your intuition is not, should I take the job? It's, should I apply? (laughs) Should I fill out the application? And then what should I answer as the answer to this question on the application? It's break it down into the tiniest steps. So think about something and you can ask your intuition something as simple as, what should I eat 
today for lunch. Like you have yeah. options. Food is a really huge part of I- intuition for a lot of people, but you could ask something as simple as what should I eat for lunch? You could be looking at a list of 10 things on your to-do list and you don't know which one you should focus on. So you could ask your intuition, which one of these is the most important. You could ask your intuition, like you have a, a thing of like, should I call this person and say that thing? Or should I not like pick that something that's a tiny step and ask this next right step question right now in your own mind, ask the question, should I, or what should I do? Pick your simple question. Okay. I'm happy to share mine. Should I share what my question I'm going to ask my own intuition is right now? Yes, let's do it. So Mm -hmm. something kind of big happened in my daughter's life today. And uh, I'm not, for her privacy, I'm not going to share exactly what it is, but I couldn't read this morning before she left for school, how she was feeling about it. And I want to be like real clear about what I say to her when I see her after she gets Mm -hmm. home from school. So my Mm -hmm. next right step question is going to be, how do I greet Alice when she comes back? What should I say when I, when she comes back? That's my question. Now, here's the part. Do you want to share your, you don't have to share yours. Do you want to share, if you're not sure what it is, you can. I do. I do know what it is. It does have to do with one of my teenagers as well. And so it, let's just say it has to do with teenager social situation. And so you're going to ask, what should you do? Right? That's yes, your question. Yes, yes, what's yes. The thing my response to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So to make this as easy and as accessible as possible for everybody, I'm going to have you sitting. Everybody sitting. Okay. So you're sitting. Try mm-hmm. to come to the edge of your chair so that you're on your sit bones. Like those okay. two bony prominences, you're not rolled back. And then yes. your sternum in the front, mm-hmm. drop it so that it's vertical, which a lot of us are like, oh, my shoulders are rounded forward. Forget about your shoulders. Just drop your sternum so that it's vertical. So okay. now your rib cage is directly positioned over your pelvis. Got it. Mm-hmm. You're going to hold those two things exactly there. Don't let them move. Okay. And you might not even actually pick up your right foot, but you're going to play with making even the effort of lifting your right foot. Your question, by the way, is just sitting over in a little container beside you. You're not thinking about your question. You're going to go inside your body now. So you feel your pelvis, you feel your rib cage, you're holding them steady, and then you're going to experiment with possibly lifting or making the action like you're going to lift your right foot three inches off the ground, which if you do that, you'll feel something probably happening in your core. Mm-hmm. Take your mind and focus your mind for two breaths. Keep breathing on the sensation you feel inside your core. Okay. And then after two breaths with the right foot, put that foot down, press the right foot into the ground and lift the left foot up. Still pelvis and rib cage stay stationary. You're focusing your mind on the sensations you feel in your core right now. And then you can release. So now just take a couple of breaths and think about your question. Do you have any ideas? And if it doesn't come to you right away, you could repeat this a couple times throughout the afternoon or however, until you need to make your decision about this. But oftentimes something will come. And I, I don't know what your intuition will feel like, but mine feels like warm. It doesn't always feel mm. good, by the way. <laughs> like, mm. Oh, it's asking me to do something I really don't want to do. Sometimes right. happens. Yeah. Um, but just it all, even if it doesn't feel like something I want to do, it always feels warm and like, oh, there it is. Yeah. That's the thing I'm supposed to do. And I practice this so frequently and so often that just now, even while talking everyone through this, I just had an inspired idea for exactly what I'll say when my daughter walks in the door. If you didn't get it right away, I just want to encourage you that this is, it's a skill. It takes time, but you want to ask questions kind of like, you know, how video games are addictive because the stakes are so low. Yeah. You want to make the stakes low with the questions you're asking as you're first starting to Think of your connection with your intuition as like a new friend. You don't Mm -hmm. go right in with the most biggest questions (laughs) from the get-go. You have to like work your way in, but doing that. I love that. So what's going to happen is my daughter's going to come home. I'm going to say this, and then guess what's going to happen? I'm going to feel a certain way in my body, and I'm going to notice how I feel in my body because I asked I remembered what was most important to me 
and I found my next right step. And then, and this is the most important thing about the spirituality side is I lived it. I acted mm. it. I did the thing. And I'm propelled to do the thing because of the somatic experience for me. So much yes. more than if I just think through in my mind right. what I should do next. Yes. There's like a disconnect with my actual follow through when yes. I do it that way. I love that. First of all, I think it's so important to say when you're first getting to know your intuition, you totally have permission to start with small talk. Like you, like, yes. I love that. You do not have to yeah. go to the biggest questions of life. You can start with small talk and just get to know each other. I love that. And I did start practicing that a while back. It's been a couple of years ago to now. It does feel so natural. Definitely a learned skill. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, a great example, like you had said, like, what should I do next that's on my to-do list? That one really spoke to me because so often I can look at my to-do list and girl, you know, it's long, yours is long, we all got the long to-do list. I can look at it and I can like logic my way and think like, okay, logically speaking, I should blah, 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 blah. But if I notice those like to me, it feels like a stop sign feeling, like putting on the brakes Yes, when yes. I start to think like, okay, logically, I should do this, 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 and then save this for later. I feel like that stop of like, maybe it's a stopping of energy, stopping of momentum. And I listen to that. And then I can feel my way into, okay, this may not be like the quote unquote logical thing to do next, but I know this is what I need to do next. And exactly. If you think about, if you don't do that, what happens to a lot of us? I mean, I, don't, I hope I'm not the only one. If I don't, if I'm not checking in, you know what I'll often pick on the to-do list? The thing that's the easiest to of get course. done. Yes. Even if it's not the most important. Exactly. Or like whatever I'm in the mood to do. And that's exactly what I mean by saying we live in reaction to our feelings instead of intentionally moving toward what matters most because our feelings, so every feeling that we have has a physical experience in the body. Yes. You, even if you're not deeply connected to your body, you always have that physical experience in your body. But if you're not, if you don't know how to process that in your body, then you'll just use your mind to try to shut down the stuff that's uncomfortable. Yes. How human of you. Like, yeah, that's, that's the skills you've been given so far. Mm -hmm. Meg and I, we're just giving you, we want to give you new skills and yes. new tools so that you can navigate it in a little bit different of a way. And so that your experience of day-to-day -day life is not marked with so much suffering, going back to what you were saying, that mm -hmm. suffering that we feel when we're out of connection with our, our bigger selves, like our bigger purpose here, our bigger beliefs. That mm -hmm. does, I think all of us can think about like suffering feels like a really emotion packed word, but truly when we think about like the day to day, just like the dread that you maybe wake up feeling because you've got all of this stuff lined up and, and you're just, you're feeling like so out of control in terms of like, you're just being led from one activity to another and you don't have any ownership in it. You don't have um, any agency in what you're doing. That's an example of like the kind of suffering I'm thinking of. Um, you know, it, I know I'm dating myself, but there's an episode of Friends where Joey or no, I think it's, it might be just Jennifer Aniston, Rachel, who makes this, this truffle. Do you remember? The oh, yes. It's the beef in the middle. And he's like, <laughs> custard, good. Beef, good. You know, it's like she has this thing. It's like we have suffering that is, a, we have a suffering truffle. And there yes. is the stuff of life that like no amount of self-care, no amount of somatics. I tell people like the reason I'm not a nationally known, like super celebrity in the self-care world is because I'm like suffering it's part of life. Like I yes. can't eliminate all of your suffering. There is suffering. There's pain going to happen, yes. but there's a layer that gets put on top of the inherent suffering in this world. That is the suffering of you being disconnected from your worth, from your values and from your intuition. And it yes. is that layer of suffering that we can always reduce. I can't promise that we'll be able to make the grief go away or the muscle pain go away every single time. I want to try. I want to, and I believe that over time, these practices help reduce those that kind of suffering. But every single time, that top layer of suffering, 
life is hard enough. We don't have to add that suffering of disconnection with ourselves on top of it. Absolutely. And as you alluded to earlier in our conversation, if we can deal with and maybe bring healing to and growth from that suffering, then we are equipped to go out into the world when we've done that inner work. We are continuing that inner work, then we are equipped and motivated and energized to go out into the world and bring about whatever we see around us that needs healing and attention as well. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be big. I just want to encourage everyone that I believe every time you deal with your own internal suffering, even if you don't go and do something big outside, it creates a ripple. It, there is yes. a ripple that's created, like the conversation I'm going to have with my daughter, that's yes. going to have a ripple for her. Who knows? And you don't yes. have to know. All you have to do is show up for that internal thing, listen to your next right steps, and trust that's all that's being asked of you. You know, I joke that I want my intuition to give me a 10-year plan, but I actually, thank God it doesn't. I probably I would know. be so overwhelmed. It yes. just tells me one thing I have to do, and then I can just do that thing and I know it's hard and I'm not in any way, shape or form suggesting that it's super easy, but it is the best kind of effort. So much effort in this world is, you know, the dividends are not there. This is the best kind of effort to get connected with this because it has the power to change your own experience and then for that to create a ripple. And I want women to have this power and these skills more than anything. I want that. I do too. And you guys, Jen and I are both Enneagram nines. And if anybody (laughs) knows how hard from the body center, the ones who are most cut off from our bodies, truly, I mean, Jen, you've made a a whole, like you're such a beautiful example of a healthy nine and you've made this, like this is your life's work. Um, But truly, like we know that this is, it's one thing to sit here and for us to talk about it on mic, but the practice of it is something else. But I love what you're saying that it can be these small steps forward. Speaking of small steps, I think you put together a little something for the awesome to check out. I did. I did. I wanted to give you, we get, we did that little experience, but I want to give you like a full class. So it, with my community, we recently um, did a somatic strength series. It's, I, I can't remember exactly how many minutes the one I picked, but they're all between 15 and 20 minutes. It's about building strength, but focusing on it from a somatic perspective and really focusing on that internal idea of strength. So I picked one of those classes. I put it on a page. I'll tell you the URL in just a moment. But what I want to make sure you know is that right above the video, step one is an audio that talks you through this next right step practice. Before you do the 15 to 20 minute class, do it's two minutes long, the audio. Listen to the audio, get your next right step question, do the class, and then there's a follow-up next right step audio for the end. And I would love to hear Meg, like they can send it to you in social. You can, they can send it to me. I want to hear what happens for people as they try this. And I put it, it's at healthymoving.com forward slash awesome. There's no sign up for anything. You can sign up for my emails while you're there. I send um, free classes to my email subscribers every week. You can sign up for my emails while you're there, but you don't have to sign up. I really want you to just try this awesomes. Go and do this class. Try this and then tell us what ripple you see from it. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. This is such an absolute genuine life changer. And that's a big phrase, but I mean it in the most sincere way. This is a life changer. Okay. Speaking of finding you and telling you more about it on social, where are the best places for us to find you all around the web? So Instagram, I'm healthy moving at Instagram and uh, sometimes I post on Facebook, healthy moving. I think it's only posting from Instagram there at this point, but sometimes if, that, okay. if Facebook is where you hang out, then you can, you can find my stuff there. And my website is healthymoving.com. Okay. Uh, you can find me on social media. Um, sometimes <laughs> at sort of awesome Meg, you can find sort of awesome the show by searching sort of awesome, whatever platform you are on. We would love to find you there. Jen, thank you so much 
much. Like this is such a gift. This has been so powerful. Pleasure. I'm not kidding. I'm like, I can't wait to edit this because I get I get to go back and listen to it all again. This is going to be fantastic. Um, but truly, this is so great. Thank you so much for your time, your energy and bringing your wisdom to the awesomes today. My pleasure. So great. Well, awesomes, thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.